podcast is brought to you with the support of Caseload from DeNovo Business Intelligence. This podcast is brought to you by Workflow Solutions, specialists in records and document management, scanning and digitization, managed print, cloud and IT solutions. Hi and welcome back to the Hey Legal podcast. Coming up on the show today, we have retired English rugby union player Charlie Hodson in conversation with Ali Thompson. We discuss Charlie's transition from the world of sport into business and we hear Charlie's thoughts on the dynamics between individual and team performance at elite levels. And finally, we hear how Charlie is taking part in Stress Awareness Month and what he believes is key to combating stress and continue to perform at one's highest level. To hear the full interview, head to heylegal.co.uk and sign up for a full list of CPD content. Okay, let's hear the show. Charlie, Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on to Hey Legal and to talk to us about the mad world in which we currently live and how we navigate our way through it. Um, it's obviously a, a time of significant change for everyone. Um, first of all, how are you getting on with that? Um, and also, you have had the experience of changing massively from the world of elite sport into a new business venture of Charlie Hodgson's performance. So how how did you manage the, that process? Yeah, well, f- firstly, how's it going now? Um, do you know what? It's actually all right. I mean, I, I count myself lucky that I, I'm at home. I get to see the family, hang around with the kids. Fortunate position of where we live. We, we back onto some local fields. We're, we're in the countryside, so I don't live in the middle of the city. I'm knocking around my family. We're all well, we're all safe. So like, there are worse things and there are people in much worse situations for me. So having that perspective on on life is uh, is always something that I'm very quick to do. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I certainly learned during my career. Um, and how has that changed through, through retirement? It was hard. It was really hard, actually, I think, because it, it's not only a, not only stopping what you love doing and, and that it ultimately, for me, it was a hobby. I was getting paid to do my hobby, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And knocking around with my mates every single day, having a laugh. Like, it was like I was still at school. Um, <laughs> But uh, the biggest, the biggest thing is this change of identity, and not not just uh, for me personally, but actually a bit of an adjustment for for my family as well. Actually, right. And uh, they've they've kind of always known me, not say always known me. I've always played rugby since I was nine years old. It's, it's been in my blood. So, but even as a professional from nineteen years old to thirty six, that's a big amount of time of my adult. Of my adult life, or it is my adult life, to to to, to point. So, um, for my parents to adjust to that and say, actually, there's something else we need to talk to them about now. I've retired, not just <laughs> rugby. That's taken a big shift as well, and I think it's taken taken them a bit of getting used to. So, um, yeah, it's, it has definitely been difficult. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's an easy ride. I don't think anybody who who leaves professional sport, whatever that is, I think everybody finds it hard because you're leaving something that you, that you love doing. Of course you have horrible moments, but you're you're doing something which very few other people in the world get to do. And I, and I was living that every single day and every single week was able to go out on the field and and do what I love doing. So, uh, I, I, I count myself very lucky to have experienced that. Yeah. 
I mean, I think people are, are genuinely fascinated by elite sport and clearly, you know, um, having to operate at such a high level all of the time and then having a, a, a crowds to play in front of and the buzz of all of that, you know, it must be so difficult to replace that once it actually just quite suddenly stops. Yeah, I mean, that's it, isn't it? It's that feeling of perhaps being wanted, maybe. Um and you don't do it for the adulation. You don't do it because you want the attention. I mean, I, I couldn't be further from like that sort of press attention-seeking thing mm. if I tried. But the yeah, how do you replace that feeling of of achievement, but also loss as well? I think it's knowing that you've 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 all got this common goal, and you're all and you've shared a moment with somebody else whether that's good or whether that's bad and then you sort of go through that process of enjoyment or go through that process of reflection and and learning and and taking it into the next week so um the most the most amazing moments sometimes were not necessarily going out and experiencing the the noise of the crowd which sometimes was unbelievable Mm. particularly when you're playing in france the deafening noise that you experience um but actually those moments those precious moments you get in the change rooms afterwards when you know you've you've been through a really difficult time, but you know everybody else in the room has also been through a really difficult time and you've come out the other side and everybody's feeling good and everybody's happy and, and, uh, and they're, they're really special things that you, that it is difficult to replace. Yeah. And in relation to the dynamic between the individual and the team, so you've, you're obviously your individual performance to be concerned about. And then there's obviously the team and you need team and a team sport clearly to, to win yeah but how, how do you balance that out because obviously this podcast will be listened to by people in law firms who are you know got individual performance but they've also got uh, they're part of a department part of a team so just in elite sport how does that play out for you the, the, the difference between individual and team the team comes first doesn't matter doesn't matter what it is you could probably have somebody who who isn't the most talented? You might have two individuals, one who isn't the most talented, but if he's got the team at his best interest, in his best interest, more likely he's the one that's going to be picked ahead of him. So, um, yeah, like you say, you, you still have that individual element. You, everybody's still trying to get better. We're all, we're all in that environment because we want to achieve and we want to get better as an individual. But when you're in a team environment, that success only comes because you're relying on other people as well. You can't do it all yourself. So therefore... Mm. It takes a huge amount of trust to 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 um, to, to go through that through those moments, I guess, and to create a, a strong environment. Mm. Um, but it, like I say, it's the team that comes first more than anything else. Before yeah. You to, before you think about the individual. And, and for the best teams that you are involved in, how do they cope with hard times and challenges? Uh, well, I guess the, the, from my experience of being at Saracens in particular, and I know they've obviously had their off-field issues with regards to the salary cap, so don't talk about that, but one of the strengths for me around that environment was it was very much based on, um, on values and creating this culture where we were all sort of accountable to the values of the organization. I know they were plastered everywhere and honesty certainly was one of them. And, but we relied heavily on them as a playing group. So 
whenever we came through hard times, we could always rely on those. We we're always bringing ourselves back to those. So if we found ourselves, we've had a, a loss and, it, and, and I suppose work rate was one of them. So we would always look at work rate and analyze, okay, well, did we outwork the opposition? If that's a, if that's a core value to us, it might seem very simple, but actually it's quite a nice way of being able to re-reflect rather than, rather than pointing the finger about whether something was good or whether something was bad. It was actually, it was actually more about, um, yeah, reflecting on the values themselves and on effort as opposed to the, um, the ability of somebody, which for me was a real shift in what I, what I, with how I analyzed games, I'd come from an environment which was very much about win or lose. If you win, you're happy. If you lose, it's the worst thing in the world. Well, actually, you, you reflect a little more and look into a little more detail as to, okay, well, we don't have to lose our heads if we've lost a game. There's going to be reasons why we've lost. Let's look at it a little more pragmatically and let's not get too emotional about it and let's start to analyze it a little more and to delve a little deeper into why, why things happen. Yeah. And say without pointing the finger. And I think um, a lot of that comes down to certainly the values I've talked about, but also, which is intrinsically linked really, is the culture of the organization. And I mentioned it before around trust. There's a hell of a lot that goes into that, um, that process, but you trust each other, you've got a good culture. It means there's no backstabbing. It means there's, um, it, if it does get emotional, it's not personal. And, uh, and, and I think this is a really strong way of being able to cope with those moments to come out the other side. Yeah. And so the club has to set that. Um, I think of teams like perhaps the All Blacks, where there's very strong moral code and ritual and, and standards, and they, each player, I think, understand um, when they get the chance to become an All Black, the whole notion is that the jersey is far bigger than them. They're just a mere. Yeah custodian of the values of that yeah uh, it's, it's so true it is so true um, you have a it's, it's this feeling of responsibility that you are it's not yours to keep but you you do everything you can guided by the I guess that moral compass that is set out and uh, and sometimes it's good sometimes it's not but that's obviously one of the reasons what will cost why they're, they're, they they maintain their, um, their strength as a team. Mm-hmm. So, a note from your uh, Twitter feed that you've been taking part in Stress Awareness Month um, yeah. <laughs> and posting uh, various different images of trying to uh, navigate your way through uh, these times. Um, obviously, with sport, there's tremendous highs and tremendous lows. So, um, in order to achieve that, you need to be obviously very well balanced but what's your what do you think the secret is to to repeat individual elite performance uh, I guess there's a number of things I've written a little a few couple of things down here so the first one yep. is goals so everybody has to have a goal to achieve something whether that's four years down the line or whether that's in six weeks time there's something that you, you've, you've got to go after because if you don't have that, then as you kind of look at it and go, "What's the what? What is the point?" But in the same sense, if you're looking at the rugby in rugby terms, and you've got twelve teams in the Premiership all trying to win the trophy, that's everybody's got the same goal. So if that's the same goal, how do you how do you distinguish, distinguish yourself from everybody else, and how do you maintain yeah. that expectation? So the important thing that then that comes is um, 
is, is this, this thing of enjoying the journey of getting there and enjoying the small wins that you have along the way. So the goal may be to win the premiership, to win the trophy at the end of the year. But if you break that down into 40 weeks worth of work and each week is a project of something, then you can start to think about, well, what are my small goals that I'm aiming towards? And you can start to reward yourself. And if things don't go the way you want, then start to reflect on, start to reflect on why. So, and that's where, that's where the adaptation comes. So you've got this crazy goal that's miles ahead, but you've also got these little goals that you're going for. And if they don't go well, why don't they go well? And then what can you learn from, what do you learn about yourself even when you win to be able to adapt to a, a, an ever-changing environment that we find ourselves in from week to week, we're playing different teams all have different styles. So it's the adaptation to what's going on in that moment. Um, and linked to that heavily is learning. Yeah. You kind of spoke about it really, but setting out your goals, understanding that you have to adapt to those, to every situation that you find yourself in, but learning along the way. And the quickly, the quicker you learn, the the better chance you have of, of being um of being able to um apply it in a game at the weekend. And and I guess the rest of it purely comes from individual motivation. Some people are more motivated than others. Some people are want to, are more ambitious than others. Some people are quite happy at whatever level that they're at. But I think certainly in the sporting world you find that You've, you've got a bunch of people who are not say high achievers, but very ambitious and they want to achieve. So it's always like, well, what next and what next and what next? And they're always onto the coaches to say, how can you help me get better at this? What can I do that's going to help me get better at this? And, and the ones who, the players who eventually become world-class are those ones who've actually probably stuck at it a bit longer than anybody else. And it's their work ethic that's got, got them through. I think you listen and you listen on a side point, listen to something like Gary Neville speak yeah. about his career. He maintains that he was never one of the best players. It was just his attitude and his work ethic that, that got him to where he was. And he was part of this machine that moted on with Man United. So yeah. and it's that same idea. They've got the same goals, but they kept adapting, they kept learning. And every single year, even though people teams are trying to knock them off their perch, they were still learning about themselves. Yeah. Well, Charlie, thank you so much again. Uh, absolutely brilliant to talk to you. really appreciate your time. Pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. Okay. Thank you, Charlie. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Hey Legal podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. To hear the full CPD qualifying content, please visit heylegal.co.uk to subscribe and join our community. Or you could ask your law firm to contact us for a firm-wide subscription. Learn more. Be more with Hey Legal.